welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation Podcast for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren here, ready to talk some Rutgers football recruiting. A busy time of the year, busy time for Rutgers, uh, kind of, you know, an eventful time as well. So uh, it's too much for me to handle on my own. So um, to help me out with this, I brought in the one, the only recruiting guru extraordinaire, North Jersey's finest, Sean Brown, how are you, my man? <laughs> the intro. What's what's going on, Bobby? How you doing, man? It's been, it's been a while, but I'm excited though. Excited to get back on here. Yeah, always good. Always good to to uh, to chat it up with you, Sean. And and um, you know, I know you've been busy. Um, you know, I've been busy at the Rutgers games. You've been busy at the high school games. Yes, um, sir. A lot going on early. Um, you were down at Rutgers. You saw a bunch of guys. I, um, you know, I guess we can start with that. It was the uh, the first was the Rumble at the Raritan, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Tom McGuire. Yeah, those guys do a great job with that for sure. Okay, and the next is the Battle Battle of the Bridges. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So the Battle of the Bridges coming up this weekend. Um, yeah, so another another slate of games with a, a bunch of of talented players, to say the least. Okay, for those unfamiliar, the Rumble at the Raritan is a, a series of games put on. Um, at SHI Stadium at Rutgers uh, between, you know, some very uh, competitive high school teams, a lot of recruits there. So um, you were there, and, and I wanted to touch on a bunch of guys because you saw a bunch of guys. Um, first, um, you know, I got to start with uh, my South Jersey loved out here. Camden High is down there. Rob Hinson, who we know very well, was at Rutgers last year, formerly Timber Creek head coach. Uh, has Camden humming now. He's their head coach in their first year. Does a great job. You saw them play, beat Salem 28-21 in a close game. Um, tell me about Jalen Hornsby, because he's a guy, he's a wide receiver, class of 2024, got a bunch of offers. It's his first year at Camden, big receiver. His tape looks really good. Uh, what did you see there out of him? Yeah, you know, the, the size is legit, probably closer to like 6'2", you know, maybe we'll give him 6'3", when I walked up on him afterwards, but uh, very athletic receiver. Uh, he's like an all-South Jersey basketball guy. I remember he was at Overbrook last year, and the, the coach is there. You know, it's not a highly recruited school, uh, so the coach is there for, hey, take, take a look at this guy. Let me know what you think. I think he's going to blow up and see the tape like, wow, this, this kid is legit, and if he was at you know, somewhere else with more visibility, his recruitment probably would have taken off a little sooner. But he did, before he made the transfer, um, started to get some interest and some offers. I think Rutgers offered uh, during the spring evaluation period. But, you know, wide-body kid, uses his frame. He had an amazing catch, uh, I think, in the second half where um, the QB, Deontay Ruffin, threw a vertical route. And it was for the average receiver. Um, you know, it was outside of their reach. But, he 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 plays big. He, he you could tell he's a basketball guy. He went up with both hands, fully extended uh, in the air vertically to to bring down the catch to continue the drive for Camden. Uh, you know, so he he has that. He definitely has that elite athleticism. You know, still working on the, the fine fine tuning parts of the game in terms of the the route running and things of that nature, and just continuing to make sure that you know when he's not getting the ball, you know he he's blocking, engaged all the time. He doesn't pout. At all, you know, and, and the quarterback, they threw for almost 300 yards and they, they spread it around quite a bit. But I, I never saw him pouting or anything. You know, when it was his time to get the ball, he was ready, ready to make a play. Uh, but the, the athleticism is there. And I think it's, you know, when you work under a guy like Rob Henson that has produced tons and tons of power five guys, he, he, he's going to get you right. That program will get you right. So he, and he's, he has some Camden roots. He lived in Camden. But he was young, so it's not uh, unfamiliar for him. To, to be back home in Camden, but you know you definitely saw a lot of those traits as to why Rutgers and 
Penn State and Georgia have already gotten involved and threw, threw offers already for his recruitment. And, and, you know, he's a definitely a guy to watch, a guy I'm interested. I'm going to head down to Camden in a couple of weeks and see them play down here. Um, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. And you mentioned the quarterback, Deontay Ruffin, um, class of 2025, big kid. Um, is this a kid we got to be on, on the lookout for uh, in terms of recruiting in the future? Yeah, you, you definitely do. You know, he already has offers from uh, Temple in West Virginia. So he was at West Deptford last year. And obviously, Bobby, you're a South Jersey guy. You know that uh, that's not a program traditionally for the quarterback. They don't really mm-hmm. throw it a ton. I think they're like a wing tee. Yes. Uh, you know, like they're that's they're not going to put the ball in the air. They're going to they're going to run it down your throat. They've always been a traditional small school power in South Jersey. Uh, he's also a really good defensive player, you know, and, and just kind of poking around uh, around the Camden program. I heard some buzz about him this summer, and they were saying, hey, he, he could be a power five guy uh, at quarterback or at linebacker. And he plays a little bit of, like, edge for them. He played a little bit during the game against against uh, Salem. But, he, you know, he, he's their guy at quarterback. He's a load. He's a legit 6'2", 6'3", 225. When you see him, like, wow, that, I don't want to tackle that type of kid. Um, and he, he, ru- he runs with that size, got a really powerful arm, just – Needs to work on, on the accuracy, but he can really push the ball downfield. And when you have the athletes that Camden has, it's it's a scary combination. And overall, I think he he had close to um, close to 500 yards of total offense. Uh, if not, definitely over 400 because he passed for almost 300. He was like over at one something at at running yards as well. So he's he's going to be a guy that he's already on schools' radars. But being in this offense um, at Camden, he's going to jump on even more schools' radars going forward for sure. So he's a guy that has visited Rutgers uh, last spring. The program is fully aware of him. You know, obviously you see under, under Sean Gleason, they, they've recruited all types of quarterbacks, but they would love a guy who can also be a true dual threat, but can, can hurt you in the pocket. Obviously, Wimsat is in that mold. So Ruffin definitely seems to fit what they like at the quarterback position. Okay. And, um, you know, you saw a ton of guys. Then, oh, you're speaking of West Effort, I think Jamil Pollard was one of the last guys I can remember being as a recruit coming out of there. You remember yeah, him? Jamil Pollard, yep, who what he signed with Penn State, ended up at Rutgers and had some stuff going on. And I think Gerald Owens is probably Gerald one of the Owens. ones. Uh, and they have a guy now who's at Pitt a few years ago that uh, under Ash, Rutgers and Pitt with head-to-head. Uh, I want to say – Tight end, uh, right? Yep, tight end. He's now like an offensive lineman. It was, everyone saw that coming. I'm sure they sold him the bill of goods. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's playing offensive line for Pitt now. Okay, so they had a couple. Okay, the the the, the recruiting Knicks are really uh, <laughs> would probably know and that. And Cordell Young, right? That's his school also, right? So that's the the okay. yeah, you know. So obviously we're we'd be remiss. They would let us know on the uh, the message board. Be a Cordell <laughs> Young, of course. So they, they had a handful of guys come out in the last fifteen years, but um, um, I wanted to switch gears. You you uh, you know, to another game that was up there. You saw Millville play and Latier Brooks. I know he didn't have a huge day, but this is a young kid who has a lot going on. Um, what do you see from him? You know, it, I've seen him a lot in in the off season circuit. Seen some of the film from freshman year uh, earlier this year. Um, I you didn't get a chance to really see him showcase all all of his traits. Um. Uh, and they so they played Irvington, and we'll, we'll obviously touch on them in a bit. But uh, Irvington, just one of the, the best defenses in the whole state, one of the best secondaries in the whole state. Um, Milver returned a lot, but it was, it was hard for the quarterback. They might, he got it going in the second half. I, I thought they would try to do more to get the ball in, in Brooks' hand. But for a high school team, Milver has a lot of weapons. Uh, Teron uh, Holly is another guy, 2024 receiver, who has some power five stuff going on. 
Thomas Smith at 23. So they, they don't have to force feed him the ball. They have the luxury of saying, hey, if you want to take away my top guy, we have other options. But they didn't really go to, to Brooks that often. Uh, I know he, they tried to throw him a bubble screen early in the game, that, that aggressive Irvington defense shot down. Um, then also, they, uh, Irvington has Kentucky commit Nasir Addison, 2023 class, who big guy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they played Union last year, but uh, Davis Igmanosin was not playing corner. Uh, so I don't think that Brooks has gone against a guy like that. Um, so they had Addison, you know, shadow him essentially most of the game. He did a really good job against Brooks of, of taking him away when they tried to throw him the ball. But th- there was one play, uh, I think that was in the first half, uh, they, he had Addison beat on a fade route. It was a perfect ball from Zaymont, and he, he just dropped it. That would have went for six, you know, and they didn't have a lot of opportunity against that Irvington team. They, they definitely needed that. Um, and, and it was unlike Brooks because I've known him to be really shorthanded. Uh, so he, he actually was probably more impactful on defense in the game. Um, you know, I made a lot, had a few pass, pass breakups in that game. I was really active on the defensive end. Uh, you know, I could see, especially if he grows a bit more, if schools see him as a defensive back, possibly as a corner as well. He's very active. Uh, willing in the run game to come and play and, and, and cover and, and hit you come downhill and also is really fluid and he he has that plus athleticism for a, you know we'll say a smaller guy he's about five nine five ten where he he jumps through the roof he plays bigger than his actual mm-hmm. size Okay. And he has, you know, we have him listed as 14 offers, ones from, uh, you know, Rutgers, Penn State, Oregon, Georgia, Louisville, you know, uh, just another name that, that, you know, is on the radar people should be aware of in that class of 2025. And, you know, the connection with Dennis Thomas now at Rutgers, Dennis Thomas, a former um, Millville head coach, you know, former Rutgers running back, played under Greg Schiano. Now he's under staff with Greg Schiano. Um, You know, something to watch there. Yeah, most definitely. I think that will that will keep uh, Rutgers in the recruitment there. Uh, like you mentioned, he was previously the Millville head coach. Very strong relationship with, with Lazier. So uh, I, I see Rutgers being in it until the end because of that connection with Dennis Thomas as long as he's around the program. And, and you know, Sean, you referenced uh, the Irvington. That's who Millville played that day. Uh, you know, Irvington came out with that win. Um but, uh, you know, we, we, we got to talk about the Toure's there, too. You know, Fama committed to Rutgers, Vabu, big recruit, big on the Rutgers radar. Um, what did you see out of those guys uh, there at Rutgers? You know, obviously, came with the win. Um, so word had gotten around the area that week that Irvington's starting quarterback had, had gotten hurt. And Fama, you know, stepped in. He's, he's a Swiss Army knife, jack of all trades. So he, at least for the, the first half, um, they started him at quarterback. A lot of a lot of wildcat, a lot of him just keeping the ball, uh, moving the chains downfield. It's he's hard to tackle at that size, uh, especially at the high school level. Uh, I joked with him after the game, I was like, "Your yeah, pass is not your strong suit." We had a laugh at that. Uh, so you know, they they really were able to. I think that helped uh, Millville keep the game closer in the first half. The fact that uh, Irvington did not have their their full assortment of weapons with Fama usually being our receiver, the other guys they have there and not really able to throw the ball as effectively as they like. But he was, you know, definitely moving the chains quite a bit. Uh, it was just tough to bring down. You, you saw just, you know, the, the best athlete on the field and put the ball in his hands and, and make things happen. So he definitely was able to, to carry uh, Irvington that first half. They eventually went to their, their third-string quarterback, which allowed Fama to move back to his normal position and made that, that offense a bit more dangerous and, and, you know, really helped them to close out Millville. Uh, there wasn't as much uh, on the offensive end from him other than him at Wildback quarterback, but 
although he's more a receiver recruit, you know, there's always been the buzz of, of how good he is defensively. And he, he's a spot, uh, you know, essentially a, a situational pass rusher for the Blue Knights. So he came in, had, uh, I think he had a few, maybe a sack, a sack and a half, uh, definitely quite a bit of hurries when he comes in. He looks, he looks very natural. You could tell, though, his, his preference is to play offense. He definitely works close with Mo. Uh, and just having that that pass rush skill set and be able to help the team there. So you know he definitely is an effective player on, on both sides of the ball. And and that that Irvington defense when you put him at the edge, you know obviously they got Army All American and and Adon Schuler, Addison, and then then Vabu also at safety. Uh, you know really really tough team to move the ball against. Uh, with Vabu, he he went out I believe in the first half with an upper body injury, but he plays safety. You know you have him and Adon Schuler. It's almost like neither is a strong or a free safety. Uh, so Adon has the ability, because most people see him projecting as a linebacker in college, to, to come close to the line of scrimmage, play the run effectively. I think that's where his strength lies. You know, he, he has the willingness and doesn't think twice once he reads a play to get downhill quickly, uh, to, to get to the ball carrier, make, make a nice sound tackle. Let's, let's offenders, offensive players know that he's there uh, when he hits you also. But he, he definitely can – he shows some range. I saw Irvington this summer also uh, in a brief 7-on-7 against Paris and Eastside, and I saw it again. He had one play at safety where uh, he was in man coverage. They tried to throw a post corner on him. He did a great job of you know, getting out of his break quickly and, and, and breaking the pass up and, and defending it. So he's, he's a versatile guy. Um, you know, it, I think it really depends on how his body grows because frame-wise, he's kind of in between Fama – and Mo with with his height and whatnot, but the frame is there for him to grow into a linebacker. But if if he stays at safety, I think he has a skill set to be able to play that at the power five level. Yeah, big recruitment going on for him too. Um, you know, and, and Sean, you know, the the North Jersey public's really seeing a, a rise in in the last few years, and and it's kind of a switch from what we were used to probably in the decade ago when it was everything was heavy at the parochials. Um, you're really starting to see some of these kids emerge as top recruits, and. Um, it's another guy I wanted to bring up. I know it, it's a little different from, you know, the, the high school games this weekend, but Al Shadi Salam, you know, really flourishing at Rutgers. And he's a guy that you saw multiple times up there. Does it surprise you how well he's doing so early? You know, he has that elite speed, um, elite, elite speed. And, and I know Brian Doan uh, always highlighted it when he was a recruit. Uh, I forgot if he ran like a 6-4 in the 55 in, in his junior year. And, and when you when you look up times um, at that in that in that race indoor, that's that's up there. That that's elite time wise. And then when you, you see him play, actually the the first time I remember seeing Al Shadi, I think was going into his sophomore year at the Rutgers seven on seven, and they made it to the playoffs and they were playing on the practice fields. I forgot who they were playing, uh, but he was actually being more of an impactful guy at receiver at the slot. You know, so I always I always knew of him as like, okay, he's a slot guy. And then, you know, they moved the running back and um, the coach at the time, Ray Oliver, took advantage of his skill sets. But you, you see him, he just, when he puts his foot in the ground and, and decides where he wants to go, it's zero to 60 quickly. And he, he gets to top speed in a hurry. Uh, so you always saw the potential there, what he can do uh, as a pass catcher, as a runner. Uh, they took advantage of his speed to get on the outside. And there's not a lot of guys at the high school level that are going to be able to catch him. So it, it, w- it was hard for teams to really, really make a play on him and, and stop him in space. So not, not super surprised, especially, you know, Rutgers moved to close him quickly. You know, Michigan – Michigan got involved, like, quietly. If you know Al, during the process, he didn't really have a phone. You know, I didn't live too far, and I know Coach Oliver uh, for some family ties. So I, I got over there 
quite a bit just to, to get to know the kid and, and talk to him because he, he didn't really have a phone. You really couldn't do interviews with him unless you went there. Uh, I think the only person that had the phone number was only people were Shiano and, and Augie Hoffman, and they weren't giving that out to other schools. You know, he had a, a special phone line for those guys. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, I, I know Michigan, I, I heard, you know, obviously Rutgers got him in, in the fold. Michigan kept trying to snoop around, uh, and, you know, try to get him. But, um, you know, they did a good job, and there were a lot of schools that were on the cusp. I remember Purdue, uh, they saw him as, you know, they, they had the, the Bell guy, uh, the guy who's at the Giants now, the smaller receiver. Um, you know, so they, they saw him in that mold as well. You saw what Brom was doing that offense. So his recruitment was going to take off if he decided to let it uh, extend any longer. So, you know, Rutgers, they got him locked in, and it, it's benefited them so far. Yeah, and – you know, last year I was watching practices and and I didn't see that because he was he was injured a little bit. So I, I was kind of like, well, was this guy going to emerge or, or what's going to happen? And wow, he really has this year. Is a guy that you could see playing on Sundays and uh, really nice to see that pipeline starting at you know East Orange and 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 him having that success. And you know, um, Sean, I also wanted to, uh, to to get your feedback on you know all the visits they had at Rutgers. I mean, this weekend you talked to a lot of the guys who were there for the wagon game and I know it's only Wagner but 66-7 is 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 you know a beat down nonetheless uh what, what's kind of your gauge on on the response from guys you know it seems like Rutgers has built some momentum after that Boston College win no definitely I mean you know recruits saw uh that Boston College win you know you speak to them about especially what they did that last drive uh offensively if you're a lineman you you like seeing that the team is going to trust you to move the ball down the field and, and impose your will. And offensive line recruits, a guy like, like Kenny Jones, who they're doing extremely well with, uh, loved, loved to see that. But guys at the Wagner game, uh, Rutgers took advantage of having Horns be back for another week. Uh, Jalen Matthews, uh, one of their top 25 targets, the Torres, having them see in person uh, what they did. And they, they did what they were supposed to do to Wagner. And recruits liked uh, what they saw on the defense, um, you know, obviously playing a lot of defensive backs, flying around on defense, making plays, uh, you know, a guy like, like Kenny Wosley as well. You, you see the scheme, you see they play a lot of defensive backs, not just having five, but they were t- rotating a lot of guys in the normal rotation. So you, you see there's a chance for early playing time there. Bo Masco, a commit as well. I know he, he loves seeing that and, and the potential to possibly see the field sooner. Um, and then have one of their top quarterback recruits, uh, A.J. Serace, uh, from Notre Dame and Lawrenceville with the obvious Rutgers ties, seeing uh, just the rotation and seeing how, you know, there's there's a fit, essentially almost a scheme for Evan Simon. And then the thing they, they do differently uh, for Gavin Wimsett. He also saw the, the Boston College game as well. So overall, really strong response to what, what Rutgers is doing. And I think recruits see a path as well to, you know, Rutgers handles business against Temple this week. They're obviously a legit shot against Iowa the next week, uh, a path to be, you know, 4-0 uh, as they really get into the teeth of Big Ten play. Yeah, and, you know, Sean, you mentioned Jalen Matthews, another guy I forgot to, to ask you about during, you know, your, your overview of the Rumble, the Raritan. Uh, Tom's River North played there, uh, won their game. Jalen is the number six offensive tackle in the nation for the class of 2025, the number 87 overall prospect. Rutgers got in with him early. He is up to double-digit offers now. As is, you know, has an Ohio State offer to his credit, uh, Georgia offer. You know, this is a, a, a big kid. You know, six five, three hundred pounds. I mean, is this kid as good as advertised? Yeah, you know, he, the the size is legit. 
Um, you know, I, I remember I saw him this summer at one of the Rutgers summer camps and, you know, see him in person. He, he looks young. He, he is young. I, I joked around because we, you know, with a lot of these recruits, you, you sometimes have a virtual relationship with them before you meet them in person. Uh, so he, he saw me uh, as I was kind of just scoping the field. He's like waving to me and pointing. Like, I'm like, hey, pay attention, man. You, you're focusing on workout. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm not trying to get in trouble with the Rutgers staff. Uh, but, you know, the, the size is legit. Uh, he, he's still a baby in terms of he's not a guy that, from my knowledge, has been playing for years and has been like weight training heavily for years. He's he's there's a lot of this natural athleticism and strength that he has already. He's starting to really get into the weight room and uh, even talk with some of the people that were there at the Rumble of Raritan have commented just seeing how much his body has changed already from when they made a team in the spring uh, to see him at the season opener. And Tom's room North, that offense, uh, they have a, a 2024. He's a running back recruit, but they, he plays quarterback for them, Michael Ford. They just run it down your throat all day. Uh, he finished with, I feel like, close to 300 yards rushing against Rumson Fairhaven. And uh, he's a big running back himself, about 6'1", 210. So you got a guy like Matthews. They, their line's averaging probably 6'3", 260 or so, this big running back. Uh, and they're just going to run it down your throat. Uh, and with Matthews, they – He's not just a pure left tackle. They, they're more of like a, a strong side, weak side. So uh, Jalen would jump from the left side. He would jump from the right side. And, you know, the run block, he, he's definitely an aggressive kid. He likes to finish. Um, you know, he just needs to continue to play with a lower pad level. But you, you see the athleticism there. You, you see the strength, just the natural skills. Uh, because TRN doesn't really throw the ball a ton, that would be the biggest adjustment for him to be able to stay at tackle at the college level just because – he won't have that much experience as, as a pass blocker, but athletically, size-wise, he looks like what schools are recruiting uh, at the tackle position, and athletically, he's there. So it would, I could see, you know, wherever he ends up, and obviously he has, you know, three more years till, till he signs. So he can obviously work on it. He won't get as many reps in a game sense from there. He, I don't see him as a guy, at least at tackle, uh, as an immediate impact guy because of that adjustment for him, but um, you know, maybe he kicks inside the guard. Like he's he's a natural run blocker. He he loves it. He enjoys it. There's that that natural aggressiveness that he plays on the field. Okay, and and Sean, th- this weekend I'll be down in, in in Philly for the Temple game. Best road trip ever. I think it's 15 minutes the link from my house. Yeah, um, no no Learjet, <laughs> no no Learjet for this trip, Bobby. No, no, I can ride a bike there. Oh, I'm gonna be sweaty. It might take me a little longer, but I could get there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, while I'm down there, you know, they're going to have, uh, you know, Rutgers on the road game, but, you know, doing the battle at the bridge, um, you know, you'll be up there. Uh, tell me what, what fans should look for, who you're going to be watching there, and, and, and what, you know, what should we know going into this weekend about the, the players who will be there, the prospects who will be there at SHI Stadium? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's so like Brian mentioned on the previous podcast, it's it just coincidence that it's going to be teams that feature – top prospects and commits like coincidentally it just worked out for everyone to be able to play at the venue so this is this is essentially there'll be some there'll be some new jersey teams participating um there'll be some teams from maryland and virginia participating but this is the ballot bridge essentially it started as a new york versus new jersey contest so um so i'm, I'm not attending every game but the, the ones i'll be at on friday uh, i think if you're a uh, a Rutgers fan, you're available, and obviously Rutgers plays on Saturday, so it, it makes sense. It's probably the the, the slate that I would feel the most eye catching. Um, I know this is going to be Len Parisi's uh, 
uh, biggest game he's looking forward to seeing on Friday at 5 p.m. where Immaculata from Central Jersey, uh, they're playing Holy Trinity from Long Island. So you'll have the 2023 commit Dylan Brathwaite and uh, 2024 top target Josiah Brown playing uh, on, in New Jersey. And, and that I'm really interested to see that uh, because they'll have uh, Immaculata has UConn commit uh, um, Cameron Chadwick uh, playing corner for them, I believe. So it'll be a good test for those guys um, just head to head. And I'm, I'm excited to see those guys in person. I've seen Josiah in the camp scene, uh, both in seven on seven and at the Rutgers camp this summer. I saw Dylan at, same, at that same setting in the Rutgers camp. So it'll be cool to see them, um, you know, at a potential home for Josiah and Dylan there as well. Uh, and then the, the late game that night at 8 p.m., the, you know, I, I like to call it uh, affectionately Rutgers East, um, Erasmus Hall is going to be hosting Rock Creek from Maryland. So obviously a, a plethora of targets on there. Caden Brown, um, you know, you have uh, Bethea, both 2024 targets, Jalen uh, Ballou as well. Um, you know, I, I think those are all the guys uh, that are offered on that team. And I'm sure as heavily as Rutgers recruits them, there are going to be some other guys that will end up getting offers from this Erasmus Hall team down the line as well. So uh, I think, you know, for Friday, those are the two games, big ones. Um, Saturday, you know, you have a, a full slate of games. The, I think the ones from a Rutgers perspective, which are the biggest uh, priority games, you have St. Anthony's in Long Island. So you have a uh, commit, uh, Ian Strong, 2023 defensive commit. I say defensive because he can play anything from safety to linebacker, depending on how he grows. Uh, and you have 2024 target, Corey Duff Jr., who was also on campus this weekend, a big, you know, is he going to be a receiver? Is he going to be a tight end? Who knows? But a big target for them. Uh, they're, they're in a big matchup with St. Joe's Montvale. Uh, and that's kind of been a rivalry. They've played quite a bit over the past decade or so. Uh, so St. Joe's Montvale has a series of, of Rutgers targets as well. Um, Yasin Willis, uh, one of their top 24 uh, running back offers. Uh, Jameer Joseph uh, is a 2025 defensive back. They offered this summer. They had him on campus for camp uh, for the 7-on-7. Seven seven. They offered him immediately after that. Uh, his recruitment's blown up after their season opener. Penn State and Georgia both offered him. He's a 6'1", 185-pound corner who moves extremely well. It looks like he's going to be a lockdown guy. Uh, and then also they have 2025 running back John Forrester, who has a Rutgers offer. And it just and they have more guys. That 2025 class alone at St. John's Montvale has five guys that already have uh, – uh, FBS offer, and I wouldn't be shocked that if down the line Rutgers offers all those guys, and they've always had some success at the school, so uh, that's a great one to catch. And then, you know, just a lot of other teams that fans are familiar with. The Paul is playing before them, so they have uh, a Rutgers offer. Uh, Des Jones in the class of 2025, obviously that's where Quire Price went to school, uh, and they, you know, they have a series of uh, players as well underclassmen that Rutgers are taking a look at. But there's, you know, there's a lot of schools. Um, Canarsie, who has a bunch of guys that Rutgers is probably taking a look at. They had offered uh, Dylan Fontis. Uh, they're playing on Sunday. I think they're playing Saturday as well. Curtis, Lincoln, basically all the big schools from uh, New York City uh, are going to be out there. So if, you know, especially if you're a New York City fan uh, and you want to see them at the big stage at Rutgers, um, it's definitely a, a good weekend to come watch those guys play, play some out-of-state battles outside of what they normally play in the PSAL. Kyer Price made his debut last week at Rutgers. You know, Sean, they played 84 guys last week at, at Rutgers in that Wagner game. Wow, yeah, I actually saw Kyer. He was, um, yeah, when I was there Saturday for the uh, the Rumble and the Raritan, I think the team had just gotten back from Boston okay. College. I saw him in the tunnel. I just, 
you know, I, I saw him in December for a playoff game, and it's crazy just the the physical progress these players make when they roll early. It, it's not like he was in bad shape, but I was already impressed on how much his body has changed uh, just from seeing him um, in the tunnel. So it's, you know, shout out to Jay Butler, uh, you know, what those guys do. I'm trying to lose weight, Jay. So if you want to somehow <laughs> do a third party, get me your program to get me, get me cut up, I'll, I'll definitely take your advice. You might see Sean Brown in the secondary next year. You still got any eligibility left? Well, I'll tell you a funny story, Bobby. Um, so at one of the summer camps, I was probably the only recruiting guy who was crazy enough to go all of them. You know, I, I, you know I've been working, uh-huh. trying to cut some weight. And uh, one of the Rutgers staffers, uh, he looked at me. He's like, he gave me a sign, like, hey, you getting a little lean? I was like, you know, I'm getting struggling. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing a little something. So, you know, it's, it's good when the uh, – Maybe we'll see for a while, see the work you're putting in. So, uh-huh. you watch out. You know, you could be one of those those older uh, uh, breakout players. I got all five years technically. You know, so <laughs> I, I got all five years. So my wife is laughing at me. She's like, "You you're crazy. I need you to work." So <laughs> I think I used mine with hoops in college, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know if I could make it up and down the field now. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Sean, um, a ton of great stuff. Anything else that we missed, or any any closing thoughts to, that you want to add to the mix? Yeah, you know, obviously, um, so much going on locally. Obviously, Rutgers has been recruiting Florida heavily in this class. And, you know, the, the two most recent commits are from the state of Florida, or at least playing in the state of Florida. Um, you know, Ja'Shawn Benjamin, speed, 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 a legit 10-7 guy in the 100 meters. And, um, yeah, obviously, they, they had the camps on campus, but Rutgers was you, – you see how many commits they have, and they really invested a lot of time in the summer uh, in the satellite camp circuit. Um, you know, they, the whole staff essentially worked one of the Florida Atlantic camps. Um, the whole staff essentially worked one of the Florida State camps, including uh, Greg Schiano. You know, offers aren't going out unless he's there, or at least able to get eyes on the guys. So they spent some time, you know, seeing some guys, putting some guys on the back burner, see how they looked during this season. Benjamin was a guy that they saw in that camp center and they worked him out. Um, you know, our, our Florida expert, Andrew Ivins, had commented the fact that Benjamin was primarily a receiver and return guy last year. So not a lot of film on him as a running back, but he's got, he's got to build. We don't want to compare him to how he plays as Ray Rice, but like build wise, when you read these numbers, five eight one ninety four, that sounds like Ray Rice physically, right? So he, he's a really mm-hmm. stocky guy. Um, he obviously, you're not going to be a slot guy at the power five level at five eight one ninety four, but you, you might be a running back. So he's, he's playing, you know, as a running back this year, uh, Rutgers saw the, the early three films, uh, included, I think he had like a 217 yard game. And it's really impressive when you watch the film, you know, playing on some poor field, it looks like it's wet. Uh, but you know, he, he puts his foot in the ground and it doesn't look like the field's wet for him. He's running past these Florida defenders, which. We know the speed that's in the state of Florida, uh, coming mm-hmm. from an elite program down there at, at, at Paoki. And he's, you know, he's a guy that got on quick. They like the film. He had some power five offers, uh, but Rutgers did a great job getting him the fold before his recruitment really took, you know, took off. And then obviously going to IMG, uh, Billy Miller, who was the head coach at IMG, was formerly a special teams coach under Shiano. He's a New Jersey native also. Uh, so Rutgers getting a long snapper in his class and uh, Jake Eldridge. And, you know, it's, if, if you're going to scholarship a long snapper, you know, that means he's, a, he's really good and you expect him to come in and, and, and be a guy. Uh, and obviously 
IMG plays a national schedule. Uh, and I think the thing, you know, obviously you want to get your snaps back, but you also think about being able to cover kicks. And, and typically the long snapper is one of the first guys down there as well. Uh, so you got a guy like Jake Eldridge, really athletic at uh, six feet, 190, who, you know, has a chance to compete right away since Rutgers has the, the grad transfer from Lafayette as the, as the long snapper. So it's going to be open competition when he gets on campus and he'll get a chance to contribute right away. Ed Rogowski, that is. Yep, the, uh, there we yeah. go. Yeah, he has, and he has two more years, but you know, it, it looks like you know he could set him up for a year behind Rogowski, and uh, you know, it's supposed to be a big commit in the uh, specialist community. Yeah, you know, it, he's a top ranked guy in the specialist community, and you know, I know people. If you're just a general fan and you just see the the you know the stars from the sites, um, obviously he's he's rated as a two star, but you know, when you look in the specialist community, he's a high regarded player, and you you saw some games this weekend in college and NFL where. A bad snap has a bad impact, and it, that's always the argument fans have. Well, you know, why are you scholarship and so many special teamers? you got to allocate more for these positions. But, um, you know, you want to get a guy in there that can be your, your guy for multiple years, and you don't have to worry about recruiting other guys' position for those reasons. Good point. Good point. People don't know. They're, they're, those guys aren't as glaring until they mess up, and, and, and when you don't notice them, they're doing their job. Exactly. You know, it's funny because people talk about, I didn't realize Clark Harris is still in the NFL. That means he was, he was doing his job. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's a thing, that was a whole thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have a, I think a young snapper that they, they brought in and he was in a battle this year for the first time in a while. But, you know, prior to that, you, people just forgot he was in the league unless you looked. And that means he was doing his job because uh, yep. he was consistently snapping well for those guys up there. Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, Sean, you give us a lot, lot to digest here. I appreciate your time, and uh, as always, an excellent job. And and you can check out Sean and myself on the roundtable at Scarlet Nation. Um, Sean, have a good weekend uh, up there at, at campus, and we're looking forward to more of your feedback on the roundtable. Most definitely, Rutgers fans. If you're around and available, um, your 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 Friday or your or your Sunday. You know, obviously, if you're not in Philly, uh, taking over the link. Um, it's definitely uh, good to see some of the, the future potential prospects that uh, may become members of Chop Nation. All right. Well, there you have it from Sean Brown. I'm Bobby Darren. Thank you for listening. You can join us on ScarletNation.com 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 24-7 Sports. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you again.